the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Talking about getting to retirement, talking about life insurance, death, taxes, politics. I don't really talk politics. Child care, child expenses. Children are expensive. So much so to the point that you can have a deduction on your taxes. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Doing well, Mr. Black. How are you? Newfocusfinancial.com. Should I like put you on suicide watch? Should I get the guards to watch you? Paul Ryan is retiring from Congress. <laughs> I think part of what is happening, I think Democrats are lighting their hair on fire to get you to cover this story to kind of keep repeating the same story. Are you okay? Yep. I'm, your, I'm just fine, Rob. I brought it I up think, at the first hour. Presidential run. <laughs> I brought it up at the first hour. And the uh, producer's like, oh, boy, Chad's going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the one thing that I've said positive about Paul Ryan is that he understands the debt issues out there. And... Now, I guess I'm in love with Paul Ryan. All right. <laughs> you got a bromance going? <laughs> Have you ever oiled up his shoulders on vacation? He is kind of in good shape, you know? He is a good fit. You're a good fit guy. He's a good fit guy. I'm a big puffy puffalope. So a little bit different. But uh, neither here nor there. That's a ticket right there. Paul Ryan, Chad Burton. Look out in a couple of years. I thought you told me it was going to be Burton Black. That's That's a little farther down the road. So CFP Chad Burton, what are you working on today? What, what, what's your insights into the, the world of finance? What, what it's, what's interesting about the last couple of days is it's like a big reminder of life is all about choices and everything that you do financially. If you have a financial plan where you can run modeling of different issues, it can help you make decisions. And part of it was with some clients um, in New York, and they live about three and a half, four hours outside of New York City. And by from estate planning, they already own a quarter of this really nice apartment in New York City. And we all know what New York City real estate has done, right? I mean, you're talking millions of dollars for two, three-bedroom apartments. Um, and so once they retire, they really want to move back to the city. And... So we were running some financial modeling, and the, the condo fees are insane, along with the property taxes. And we go from a situation where if they stay where they're at currently, they're golden, Rob. I mean, they, have, they can invest conservatively. They have plenty of assets. If both of them went into a nursing home in their late 80s for 10 years, they would both be fine. They can self-insure. They don't even need to buy long-term care insurance or, or worry about it. They have plenty of assets because they're in a paid-off home with extremely low property taxes. Well, if they do what they want to do, if they move into the city, it becomes a situation where um, at conservative rates and inflation and modeling, 
they, they would be in a situation where if they did this move and one of them only spent four or five years in a nursing home, the survivor would be out of assets and, and have to reverse mortgage or do something to continue to live from about 95 on if they happen to live a long time. So in that kind of a scenario, you have to look at and say, okay, if you want to make this choice, if you do want to move because that's very important to you, you're going to leave a lot less to your kids, which maybe that's not an issue. But then you put yourself into a situation where if your health care expenses go up, you've got to do something about it. Now, in their case, we could find a solution because uh, the guy's a doctor and he has all these old uh, whole life life insurance policies that he can roll into a new life insurance policy where you can use the death benefit early to pay for long-term care insurance, but the death benefit's about $100,000 lower. So it, that choice costs his kids $100,000. You see what I'm saying? So everything sure. is kind of related. And you can make this move if it's going to make you a lot happier, but you're going to leave a lot less to your kids. You're going to put yourself in danger of some health care event, which we can solve if we do something else with these policies. So that's kind of a, a more elaborate one. Another one is like, you know, if I look back on real estate, I constantly see this mistake, especially at the top of the market, where people pull equity out of their homes to swap up to the next house they can barely afford. And every time you do that, if you look back 10, 15 years, if you would have just held on to that home as a rental property, you would have been so much better off. I was talking to a friend in Portland that um, when he got married, um, and it was his second marriage, his wife, his new wife, did not want to live in the current home in North Portland that he lived in before with his ex, right? It's just they want a new fresh start. So he sold this home for $80,000. This was like 15 years ago. It just sold today for $680,000. Has he so divorced he his second wife? That, instead of, has, he divorced his second, yeah. has he divorced his second wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what, so the more you swap houses, spouses, and cars, the, the less chance you have to ever retire. And I Who saw said that, that? Who said that recently? What's that? Who said that recently? Houses, spouses, I, I, you know, do you remember our, our good friend, Joby, the mortgage yeah, broker yeah. in Portland, sure. Oregon? I got that from him. I think that was genius. Um, so what, what I want younger people to do is like, if they get into a home, make sure you can always afford that home. It's 30, 35% of your income. And before you swap up, save money outside your existing home in order for that down payment on the next home so that your, your income is on the playing field, the same playing field as a house that you're buying. So you can keep that old house as a rental property and positive cash flow. It's such a great way to build wealth. Between that and maxing out your 401k, you can get yourself to retirement just doing those two things instead of constantly making that choice to get into that next house that you can't really barely afford. So, you know, life is all about choices, whether it's the lattes costing you two years of being able to retire or, or the boat, like in my scenario, or, you know, Moving out of state, dude. Dude, you've got you've got a boat, an ex-wife, lattes. I think you would be worth about a billion dollars at this point in time. I think you're right. I don't do lattes though, so that's good. Unless I'm unless I'm driving by a Phil's, that's my problem. I think Phil's okay. has crack in their coffee because I'm addicted. But but, but again, it is. It's, we all have problems. We all have these financial things in our past, and yet they're obvious, and yet we still continue to make those mistakes. I don't have a boat. Exactly. I don't live near water, per se, but I want a boat. And I'll maybe get a boat and just park it in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the, and we use it. I mean, that's it's something that's so important to our family. I'd rather retire later and have memories with the kids. And I mean, we put 575 hours on a ski boat in two years, so we use it. A lot of people don't. Um, but I know exactly what that's going to cost me, and it's, it's at least five years of being able to retire early with as much as we spent on that. And wow. you knew me for what, 14 years before I got one? So. Yeah, I'm not judging. Just uh, you and I will not be Paul Ryan's running mate due to our past relationships that were both <laughs> expensive and problematic. <laughs> so what else are you working on, CFP Chad Burton? People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. We've got one minute. One minute. Um, well, it's other financial issues that, uh, you know, you're going to regret besides the, the ones that we traditionally do, like stop waiting to save. I mean, if you get out of college and you're saving 10, 15% of pay, you're going to be on the right track. If you always do that, stop putting your emergency reserves on the back burner. And a lot of people, this is an interesting one I read in Forbes, treat retirement like a distant cousin that they keep meaning to talk to and they haven't seen for a decade. That's what people do. They just they can say, oh, I'll think about retirement later. I'll think about retirement later. Well, think about it as accumulating assets so that you can make work optional. Don't even call it retirement. Maybe that'll be more fun for you. Sounds good. People can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. Investment management, financial planning, and much, much more at newfocusfinancial.com. You got a black shirt, black skirt, and brown stuck in her head. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Tax day in the United States was originally March 1st. Did you know that? Congress set the due date back in 1913 with the past really? 16th Amendment. Whoa. Which formalized a nationwide income tax a few years later. It pushed the date back to March 15th. And then later on into April 15th, back in, I believe, 1955, when they revised tax codes. Let's bring in the one, the only, Rafael Toledo, spokesperson for the IRS West Coast. Rafael, how are you? Hey, Rob. Thanks for the history. I think you're right on, <laughs> as always. Something like that. Tax code's more than 75,000 pages long. Have you read the tax code beginning to end? Cover to cover. Cover to if cover. You believe me, if you believe me, I've got an island on sale for you. Um, uh, well, fair enough. But I do. I do. You know, it's hard. You bring that up. Nobody knows everything. Even within the agency, the smartest, the people who are steeped in knowledge for so many years, but... Uh, I will tell you that uh, you can generally get enough and um, to get by and, and spread the good word. You know, one of the areas that the IRS that I do respect a lot is how much technology the IRS throws out and uses and implements. They started e-filing, get this, back in 1986. Like, that makes my Palm Pilot feel, you know, old, per se. Uh, <laughs> this is true. In 1990 was the actual rollout of it, and that's funny because remember – Remember when I was up there and we used to do the other show, uh, the Palm Pilot and all that was just starting, and and uh, flip phones were still, you know, the rage and all that. Now, obviously, it's the norm with everything we have. But, uh, yeah, this is true. We've been on the e-file thing. Speaking of which, I think when all is said and done this year, I think it will be well over 90% of all returns e-filed. I think last year was 87% in terms of total individual I'm talking about now. 
but we'll get 90%. And just about every return now is paperless as well. So those who get a refund choose direct deposit. And, uh, and you really could say that if you are a paper filer and there's still millions of them, uh, you're yeah. definitely in the minority, no question about it. So let's just read up uh, the IRS and the pilot program they did in 1986. They had five tax preparers do it to e-file, yep. and basically it was a, a tape drive, a tape drive hooked up to a modem. Yeah. Um, that must have been a lot of fun to process those returns. But okay, so you can file electronically. E-filing is a great way to go. You still have time to do it on time, but you can also can you e-file an extension, or do you have to send in an extension? You can do it both ways. You can do it several ways. You know, the extension you can. Paper form, old-fashioned way, right? It takes about three minutes to fill it out, send it in. If you have a payment, and you owe is what I mean, you can send in the payment and then request the extension when you send the payment in, even if it's electronic. Uh, you can do it through software, uh, whatever you need to do to request the extension. The extension is to file, though, as you well know, but not to pay. So if you owe or you think you owe, then a week from today is still your deadline. How do you know? Last year's return is a good guide, which is going to lead me into a segue in this year, which is going to be completely different. But last year is a good guide, a good faith estimate, 90%, that kind of a thing. Depending on the situation you're in, you could have um, interest that can accrue. But I guess the bottom line is even if you overpay, you're going to get your refund back, just as if you normally would if you, if you were withheld uh, too much, like we all do anyway, because most do get a refund. But um, Certainly, the paperless way is the way to go, choosing direct deposit. Now, the one thing to say, though, is 2018 is going to be very different than 17. So we're really kind of uh, urging everybody to check your pay and do what is known as a paycheck checkup, is what we're calling it, because the provisions in the code, the way that new law that was passed and, and what's in it for all of us, depending on where you are, you're probably going to see a change in some way, shape, or form in your amount of withholding either too much or too little. And so to avoid a surprise, considering uh, the enormity of it, uh, take a look this year at some point, maybe some tax planning. I think we discussed this last time I was on, but it's worth noting again. So you don't, um, you don't let the government hold your money in terms of a refund throughout the whole year that you don't have to do at the same time you avoid a, a surprise next year. So I've recently seen Best Buy has been hacked. I've seen, obviously, Facebook, as far as data goes, uh, Home Depot. Uh, you name the company, they've been hacked, it seems like. Um, how fearful are we of fraudulent activity? Because it seems like a lot of these hacks ultimately come back to the IRS, because having our Social Security number is kind of a ticket into getting a refund from someone illegally. Right, and I'll tell you something more sinister in a second, but certainly anything that you can do to protect your information outside the tax system, the bad guys get it in pieces and use it within the tax right. system to try to file fraudulent returns. So we're doing whatever we can to prevent it. And in fact, statistically, it really shows we've been uh, shutting the door as much as possible on the amount of Ill illegitimate refunds, if you will, going out the door to begin with. Uh, so that said, what we're seeing as part of the latest variation of a scam are erroneous refunds showing up in the real bank account of a taxpayer. So how does that happen? The genesis, unfortunately, is a data breach to tax professionals. So the urging of everybody, including tax pros, who have that information that a, that a criminal can use to file a return, everything, right, including the bank account and routing information, and that way they can file the fraudulent return, have the refund show up in the real bank account of the real taxpayer, and then make the phone call, the threatening phone call, as we're seeing those anyway, 
to have you take that refund and send it back to them that showed up in your real bank account, the genesis being because of the data, data breaches of tax professionals. So that's the latest kind of variation and sinister twist. And unfortunately, it's just us jumping up and down saying, please, 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 let's all do what we can to be more vigilant, uh, especially if you're, uh, if you're getting uh, paid to prepare returns for a living. You know what I mean? I do, I do, and I get I bring it up again and again. Just uh, we've got a weird system, and people have to stay on top of their social security number, and people have to stay on top of their credit checks and things like that. And uh, yep. it just it seems odd that the IRS is the target of criminals. Like that's you, you it's it's think, almost like robbing a bank and going to the police, and robbing the police. It's like you don't you would think you would want to stay away from those guys. Because they're on right. you, so the to criminals, speak. The criminals, you know, they're coming from around the world, this, that, and the other. And we're investigating them. There are criminal investigations investigating them, and there's, there's all kinds of that going on. But if you think about it, the scammers, the criminals, the bad guys, they're using the IRS as a carrot, as a lure, if you will, yeah. uh, because it, it's, it, it helps them, uh, I guess, prey on the vulnerability of those who don't know that we don't do business that way, right, in terms of the threatening calls and emails and all that that are, that are bogus. Uh, and so uh, we do whatever we can to warn folks. It's not the IRS doing business. Now, the other thing about it is it's, uh, this, it's the continued vigilance that we're preaching, uh, just to be, be, uh, be smart, be careful, and uh, understand that's the culture we're in as all of us, as, as people, as consumers, uh, uh, just to be careful with our information. Raphael, we're almost out of time. We've got about 15 seconds. Any final thoughts? Yes, irs.gov for anything you need help-wise, 24-7, 365. And, Rob, um, I enjoy it as always. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Rafael. Rafael Tolino with the IRS. You can find them at irs.gov. Great institution, big institution, biggest financial institution, I believe, in the world, definitely in the United States. A lot of processing going on there. Get your filing done soon or get that extension. One thing you don't want to do is not do an extension. Been there, done that. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. You can find the IRS at irs.gov. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Did you know that if you report a tax cheater to the IRS, it can earn you up to 15% of the amount collected as a reward? It'll probably also earn you a tattoo that says rat, um, but you can get a maximum of $10 million if you know somebody who's doing hardcore uh, IRS cheating. And uh, some people brag about that kind of stuff. Off topic, and definitely not this man, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, are you finished with your taxes yet? My accountant is, yeah. So I have to uh, mail in a small check, though, pretty pretty soon here. So I'm about ready to wrap things up. It's kind of funny. You have an accountant. I have an accountant. Uh, at one point in time, we grew up and we were like, let's do our own taxes when we're 18. And as we get older, like, no, let's not. Right. Yeah. It seems like once you you know have children in the mix and uh, all that other stuff, <laughs> you get a little bit more more taxing, if you will, to, to do your own taxes. So. Uh, so I leave that into the capable hands of a uh, of a of an authority and an expert in a field where I'm not. <laughs> I was just talking to an IRS uh, representative, and we we're talking about back in 1986, you could use a tape drive and a modem and e-file. And uh, I just it, it makes you scratch your head on occasion when you see Zuckerberg in front of Congress talking about privacy issues and how things change so quickly and so fast and how somehow we let a company that has 2 billion sets of eyeballs not get regulated 
and yet we'll regulate basically, you know, car seats. We'll regulate everything but um, this scenario. Anyway, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm waxing poetically how much uh, efficiency has come through our economy in a very small amount of time of our lifetimes. I would think 1986 is pretty familiar to you. Yeah, I mean, you're and you're right, you know, Rob. There, I mean, it's just the the technological advances <laughs> since then have been just um, you know off the charts, so to speak, and um, and they have made life more efficient uh, in many ways. Um, but of course, it's um, as we're seeing here with the Facebook issue. I think it's left people more exposed in in ways that they never dreamed possible. So, uh, so you do have to find a balance there, and and I suspect as you you know rightfully acknowledge how many users Facebook has, and now that this issue is out in the open about uh, their failure to really you know protect the uh, you know the privacy of their users. Um, Probably we'll see a little bit more government oversight uh, than than you've than they've been accustomed to seeing in the past, and that kind of changes the game a little bit. So I started my morning checking out page one, written by you, Patrick O'Hare at Briefing.com. President of China, Xi Jinping, um, basically he he's rising to the occasion. He's being the better man. He, he's meeting Trump halfway. Um, what are your thoughts on China going to China saying that they will lower tariffs on autos, decrease duties on other products, and strengthen the protection of intellectual property? It's a, it seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me a, a win for the president. Well, uh, it could be a win for both presidents, really. Um, I think, you know, uh, President Xi kind of talked the talk, uh, if you will, here, which, you know, I think made him look like the better diplomat, if nothing else, um, right. you know, to try and, you know, quiet some of these, the, the trade rhetoric that's been uh, heating up and certainly has been inflamed by a lot of tough talk coming out of Washington. And, and you know, and, and I guess to be fair, I mean, some of that tough talk is certainly warranted. Um, it, it probably is more boiling down to, to the style of leadership, though, that, that's, you know, resonating as, as a, uh, a feather in the cap of President Xi right now. So, um, but, you know, the market has clearly liked the notion that uh, China seems to be open to, um, you know, to making their markets, you know, more open, if you will, uh, and and is looking to, as you say, kind of meet the U.S. halfway somewhat with the reduction on tariffs on auto imports and other products. Um, but again, you know, it's all sounding good right now, but until you actually see the action, uh, you, you can't, you know, put, you know, complete faith in in, in the idea of, of what's being proposed right now. So, um, but it's but it's good to know that China and, and certainly that you're getting this. You know, the, it's the voice from the top, right? That's giving you a sense that, you know, everyone can kind of calm down a little bit as it relates to the trade war concerns, and you know, China is not trying to um, be so heavy-handed here in its dealings. Uh, even though some of the, you know, officials below the president have have sounded tougher than than what he made things sound like last night, um, you know, that they, you know, that they're willing to, you know. Try to negotiate this thing out, and I think the stock market has reacted accordingly uh, based on that interpretation. So the markets feel a little more volatile than normal. The VIX is up, mm-hmm. but it's not up that much. 
Um, are the markets more volatile? Are we dealing with bigger numbers? Or is it just the transition? Like, how are we feeling about this when we're looking at it at lunchtime um, as the market starts to close? Right. Well, there's there's no doubt that the market is more volatile um, these days and certainly this year. And as we've kind of discussed before uh, on the program, you know, I think that is related in large part to the recognition that you're hitting some um, some real inflection points on some really important matters uh, that that are relevant for stock valuations, uh, namely, you know, interest rates and inflation and Fed policy. Um, all of those areas, I think that the market is coming around to the understanding that kind of like the, the best of the days uh, are, are behind it on, on each of those fronts. And it's, you know, trying to adjust for uh, for a new outlook that would include higher rates, rising inflation, and a more hawkish-minded uh, Federal Reserve. So while we talk a lot right in the here and now about all the trade issues uh, that, are, that are taking place, um, I think really at the root of what at the market's volatility is is this um, understanding or appreciation for the fact that uh, the interest rate dynamic is is changing, uh, and there's some uncertainty about how quickly it will change. But I think there is some uh, growing certainty related to uh, the belief that. Uh, interest rates have hit their low for this cycle, and that the path of least resistance right now with interest rates is to the upside. And so uh, even though we've got really strong earnings growth that we're going to hear out of this first quarter and, and perhaps through most of this year, I think there's some uh, underlying concerns that were at a peak in terms of the earnings growth for this cycle. And I think that's also why the market has been um, – you know, somewhat non-responsive, really, to the very good earnings backdrop uh, that gets reported on um, all the time. So, what else are you working on? Is in, one of the reasons I brought up technology was tied towards the technology. Of the IRS is tied towards productivity in the United States, and one of the reasons we're in a great bull market and we've had a great thirty years is technology. Um, something I'm always fascinated by, and that sometimes is shown in like production, and it's sometimes shown in productivity. Um, is there anything that stands out to you right now that you're looking at, working on, that you want to share with our listeners? Well, you know, we're gonna. It's it's gonna be all about earnings, really. You okay. know, coming up here not not too long from now, right? Um, you know, J.P. Morgan gets going here on Friday with its earnings report, and uh, about mid-April though is where you really start to see the first quarter earnings reporting period uh, go into full gear, uh, and and what in terms of what I'm working on is is more of a, you know paying attention to how the market's reacting to what will undeniably be good earnings news. Uh, does it respond in a bullish way to its you know, most important fundamental driver? Um, or does it uh, you know, fail to rally on good earnings news, again, creating the sense that it's been priced in already and that there are you know, underlying concerns that uh, the pace of earnings growth will start to decelerate and uh, and that you know rising interest rates potentially will make um, uh, people less willing to pay up for every dollar of earnings, and so you know, can tend to see some multiple compression in, in that type of environment. So, going to continue to really watch that closely here through this first quarter earnings reporting period because it has been very intriguing to me uh, that the market has been so. Um, uh, manic uh, this year, even though it's it's had uh, a really strong awareness that this is going to be a should be a really strong year of earnings growth. 
It really should be, and it's going to be fun to watch because of uh, obviously the tax cuts to corporations. And uh, I'm looking forward to see you know what does Apple do with all their cash? Uh, we're going to go on buying sprees, they can do buybacks, things like that. So, uh, earnings season starts uh, roughly in about a week, two weeks. Yeah, you know, it, it sort of we'll call it the unofficial start was this Friday when you've got you know J.P. Morgan reporting its results. But around uh, April 19th or so is when you really start seeing things get very heavy in terms of the earnings reporting, and that will continue through about mid-May. So you've got a four-week period there where um, there will be no shortage of news and plenty of items to focus on as it relates to uh, earnings reporting. <laughs> And that's an area where I think Briefing does a great job um, with all their tabs. One of their tabs is earnings and earnings calendars. Uh, but then you go to the live and play, and you can hear the. But you don't hear the conference call, but you it's it's transcribed in real time. It feels like at times. But um, thanks very much. Have a good day. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing is a uh, website you need to explore, and it's a subscription base, and I think it's highly worth it. I start my day every day with the live and play. Um, and the page one column with Patrick O'Hare. He does a bigger piece, which you would probably uh, compare to something along the lines of um, a college paper, but it's readable and enjoyable. It's based on business, but every Friday he comes out with a big picture. There's swing trades, there's data previews, there's data reviews, there's bond columns, there's Fed briefs, there's momentum stocks, there's uh, value stocks. There, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Briefing.com. You can find it at briefing.com. www.briefing.com. Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. And of course, there's an app, too, for those who want the app. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Coming up, more Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. You are in the very unique 10-hour club, two hours a day, five days a week. You do get to actually sport a badge, and you actually do get discounts. Really? Okay, I just made that up. But there is a 10-hour club, and very few people are in it. Uh, I'm very, very, very um, controlled about who gets in. It's 130% true. Marriage and debt... Uh, marriage and money, debt and money, life insurance. Like, there's so many components about finances, right? And yet, we're probably most focused on picking up a pizza tonight, having a beer, trying to get the the spouse in a loving mood, where we don't really focus on life insurance and investing and retirement and debt issues. I've got more debt now than I've had in my whole entire life, and yet I'm considered a financial success because I'm able to service that debt, and that debt creates some equity, and it's good. I feel comfortable about it. <laughs> that principal buildup is lovely versus the interest that I pay on the debt. <laughs> but you're considered lucky, and that's like that's one of the things that I remember doing radio 20 years ago. Kind of like someone called and said, hey, how do you get a good credit score? I'm like, well, you have to have a credit card and you have to have debt to have a good credit score. And doesn't that seem like wrong? Doesn't it seem like the like the idea of like, hey, I'm going to lend you money. You don't have a lot of debt. No, if you have a lot of debt, you typically have a better credit score if you're able to service said debt. So there's a lot of damaging habits that we do, whether it's getting pizza or drinking beer and trying to get the spouse in a loving mood. There's a lot of negative habits that we do that we don't really think about 
the important financial issues first. For instance, living for the weekends. Everybody is working for the weekend. You need a proper hobby. It's good to do something outside of work. But a lot of times, you know, we're we're living for the weekend and we're just getting by at work. We're not really doing some of the important chores that we need to. I know a lot of people that love fast fashion. Have you ever been to Coachella? Have you ever been to Los Angeles? And you go, wow, that, that, that cowboy hat on that, that's awesome. I didn't know that was making a comeback. A bandolero, scarves, and neckerchiefs. I'm just going to wear an ascot and a monocle and, and a smoking jacket until it comes back in fashion. But fashion's expensive. So if you're going to Zara, if you're going to H&M and Primark, it costs more for fast fashion. And it doesn't last long. Big, bad, nasty habit, smoking. That one will come back to haunt you. And it's expensive. It's expensive on the front end. It's expensive on you know buying the cigarettes and product. It's also expensive on the back end, healthcare costs. <laughs> I love smokers' laughs. You know, there's one day that I, I could just do a whole show dedicated to smokers' laughs. We could just go through some of the best ones. I think that would be awesome. I once dated a girl, a woman named Juliet. She was awesome. We were really good friends. We were really close. And when it didn't work out, it didn't work out. We both went our separate ways. Years later, I tried to reach out to her like, hey, how's life? I see you're married. You've got a kid. Congratulations. She sent an email back to me. I was like, we're not really friends. Um, If you want to be my friend on Facebook, you have to be my friend. And we're not really friends. And it, it just, it scorched me. I remember just getting hit like a frying pan, like Sylvester the cat, just smack in the face. And then I realized part of money and investing in life lessons is sometimes friendships run their course. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You are one with the snow. Another bad habit that's going to hurt you financially are people that sometimes go to bed at eight. Sometimes go to bed at 9, sometimes go to bed at 10, sometimes go to bed at 11. I believe that having a habitual habit is a good thing, not a bad thing. I think your quality of sleep improves if you go to bed at the same time every night and your body just gets used to it. Every morning at 4, guess what happens? I have to poop. I know you're saying, why are you telling me that? It's surreal because of radio. I have to get up early every day. Right. And my body is just used to saying, do that. Yeah. Um, another bad habit that's going to cost you money over time is thinking that you're going to be young forever and that you're, you can eat whatever you want. Um, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I, just, I, I try to avoid them um, because I gain weight. It's only I a waffer thing. Yeah, I couldn't another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. I could have eaten another thing back in the day, but even a waffle thin mint, I look at as calories now. I'm not a big fan of drinking cheap wine or cheap beer. I don't mind cheap women, but cheap wine and cheap beer, bad idea. Um, When you try to cut down on your alcohol consumption as you get older, you think cheaper is the way to go. Um, Alcohol is meant to be savored. Less is more. Educate yourself on what you like. You don't need Mad Dog 2020. I once 
when I was in high school, illegally got a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, MD 2020. And uh, I, I think I was I think I was temporarily blinded for a while. I once was in Mexico, and I got such a cheap bottle of tequila that it had formaldehyde in it. It was five cents. You think that was a good idea? Going on the cheaper side? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. We've got an event coming up. You can always go to robblackshow.com and learn about the radio and television events coming up. This big seminar coming up. You can use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.